Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Today's pandemic, pestilence, and disaster news comes to us from the state of Nebraska, specifically the western portion. That's where there are three towns currently being overrun by an army of something and are turning to the government for help. And as you might expect, when we need help, the government says they don't have the funds available to bring their own army to do battle. So it appears as though the towns of Lodgepole, Sydney, and Potter, Nebraska, will be left to their own devices to wage war against thousands upon thousands of prairie dogs. The burrowing rodents build vast networks of underground tunnels and can reproduce at the rate of about once litter every 30 days. Meaning, of course, they can raise them faster than we can shoot them. Their underground enemy encampments are already inside one town and at the borders of the other two. And the big problem is the holes they leave can be stepped in either by people or livestock leading to broken legs. But the USDA wildlife specialist in the region says they have no funding to help. What's next, Cliff? What is absolutely next? It's going to. Um... I have no idea. <laughs> I really envy you this morning, Cliff Ingram. Why would you say that? Because you're at the sweatpants lounge where you can take care of personal grooming problems at a moment's notice, and <laughs> I'm here without a razor. I let my facial hair grow a little large and long this week, and last yeah. night I clipped it down, but there's two hairs right there <laughs> on the bottom of my lip that are driving me nuts this morning. You ever had that happen to you? I have indeed, yes. It's annoying, isn't it? It is a tad bit, yeah, it's, um, it happens right at the corner of my mouth. It's just like it's just there. You can feel it. It's kind of irritating, and it won't go away. I can't keep my lips off my hair this morning, Cliff. I'm just, I'm constantly <laughs> lipping myself. I don't know, Cliff, why I really went to the restroom and looked in the mirror to see what it was below my lip. It's not like I have a gigantic mole growing there. I pretty well knew that it was two little hairs that were just driving me nuts. <laughs> I think you, it's because when you feel that, they feel like they're gigantic. <laughs> yes. And so you just have to go, like, visually look. Because you're afraid it, somebody else is going to notice it. That's right. They're going to look you at go, you. And you see the mirror and you're like, that's it? That Yes. <laughs> and then when I'm looking in the mirror, Cliff, I feel yeah. pretty good today. You know, I've had some aches and pains the last few days. I think it's because of the yeah. yard work I've been foolishly doing in this heat. But yeah. today I'm feeling pretty good and I'm in there looking at my lip hairs, if that's an actual <laughs> word. No, that's a word. And I look like I'm... I look like I slept most of the night on an ugly rest mattress. I'm telling you, things are not It's not looking good here. We the 2002 movie Signs is one of those M Night Shyamalan creepy and subtly scary films about premonitions and an eventual visit by not too friendly alien life forms. One of the mysteries explored in the film is why one character would say to her brother-in-law swing away as her dying breath, her last words. It tears the family up, why she would choose that to say. It's a question that's answered later 
when an evil alien is killed by that brother-in-law with a baseball bat. This story about a former athlete and retired Marine named Philip Banks is kind of like that, except for the alien part. Banks once played wide receiver in the college ranks in California, and in high school in Michigan caught a 30-yard pass as time ran out to beat his school's arch rival, but it wouldn't be the best catch of his life. One has to wonder about the mysteries that ran through his head after his playing days ended. Could he have played in the pros? What chance did he miss out on? Where did he fall short? Perhaps those questions were put aside last week when an apartment fire trapped a family near where he now lives in Phoenix. As it turns out, Banks made a diving catch of a three-year-old thrown from a burning balcony 30 feet overhead, saving the kid's life. You know, Cliff, I'm probably not the only one. I was really hoping aliens would be in this story somewhere. <laughs> I was thinking, yes! <laughs> well, you led me down that path. Well, I just wanted to expand your mind. And break my heart at the same time. Thanks. <laughs> As it turns out, yeah. <laughs> Here's Toby Keith. You've been uh, breaking people's hearts for years. I have been, yes. Well, today, Cliff, you probably didn't know this, but today what, is what's Fashion that? Day. It's what day? Fashion Day. Fashion? Yes. Well, I had no idea today was Fashion Day. I didn't figure you did, and this is always a tough day for me, Cliff. Well, you're not known for your fashion sense. <laughs> no, so. not at all. See, I base <laughs> my fashion choices yeah. on what doesn't itch. Or what isn't stiff to wear. <laughs> Yesterday, I had on a pair of stiff jeans. I hate those jeans. And I keep thinking yeah. the more I wear them, they'll loosen up a little bit. But I swear you can throw them and they'll stand up. Not in the corner. They'll stand up in the uh, middle of a room. Oh, they will, huh? I don't so know what, what's wrong with these pants. And you, you, well, you, let me just get one thing out. You wash them on a regular basis, correct? You, you know what I've done? I have what? washed them through three cycles, just left them in there with other clothes. <laughs> yeah. Hoping to soften up these stiff pants, and they will not soften up. That's, um, are you sure they're not some special kind of material, like, I don't know, fireproof or something? <laughs> they're just a pair of blue jeans. Okay. I wore them yesterday, and I swear you can almost hear yourself crunching when you're sitting down. <laughs> I've never had okay. a pair of pants like that. I don't know how to get them soft. Maybe one of our wonderful listeners know how to soften up well. pants, which is kind of <laughs> weird to say when you say it out loud. Yeah, how to so I mean, yeah, when you say that that way, it does sound a bit strange. <laughs> how do you soften up pants? Our listeners know everything, as it turns out. Any question we throw out there, people will have some response, usually by text at 812-682-0520. Uh, and today, I guess the question is, how do you soften up pants? And I believe, Cliff, we have stumped the audience for the first time ever here on this program. <laughs> the only yep. suggestion we have so far on our text line yeah. for how, stiff how to, pants. How to, how to soften up your pants <laughs> is to burn them. I'm not doing that. <laughs> It'll soften them up. Yes, but there has to be a better way than burning them, Cliff. I can't get rid of my pants. Well, no, no one wants that. I'm going to say nobody wants that, but, man, they are stiff. Cliff, I've got a question for you this morning. Okay. Now, there's a good chance you, along with a lot of our wonderful listeners, yeah. miss seeing your family and your friends on a regular basis because you're, you know, you're on the down low because of the pandemic. Agreed. And there's a new survey out that asks people who they're yeah. really excited to reunite with whenever <laughs> it's safe again. Okay. And when it comes to coworkers, yeah. 
Less than one out of a hundred, Cliff, say they're excited to see their coworkers ever again. <laughs> now, this doesn't apply to you, though, right, Cliff? That That's not you taking a survey like that, right? Where less than one out of a hundred people said that they're excited about being reunited with a coworker? Yes, that doesn't apply to you, right? I refuse to answer on the grounds I may be incriminated. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Have you burrowed into the sweatpants lounge and not coming out? If I burrowed in? Yes. Well, I mean, basically I have everything I need here as long as the internet works. <laughs> is that not true? That is true. <laughs> so, um, hmm. Yeah, it was me. Okay. I'll put you down in the unfriendly column this morning. <laughs> well, the National Weather Service is telling us because of the excessive humidity today in the tri-state area, we yes. could see highs today hovering in the low 2000s. Cliff, <laughs> that's not true. It's not going to be that. <laughs> well, it's going to be close to that. Well, no, it's not going to be. It's not going to be nineteen hundred degrees. I rounded up a little bit with it. It's oh, going to be hot. <laughs> We'd now some take it to the bank type information. I bet you didn't know. In fact, there's two facts. I bet you didn't know about one of the world's most famous candy bars. Snickers is made by the Mars Company and shipped worldwide to the tune of about $2 billion in sales annually. But it was first introduced to the U.S. in 1930. The first fact you didn't know, the candy bar was named after the Mars' family's favorite horse, Snickers. But when introduced to the English, it was decided to call the same candy bar, has the exact same ingredients, but there, for a long time, was named marathon until 1990 the snickers bar was known as the marathon bar in the uk in 1990 it was changed to be consistent worldwide it turns out the original reason not to use snickers as the candy bar's name as was in the u.s well company officials thought the word in england sounded too much like knickers which in the uk of course means underwear and they didn't think anyone would want to buy something that sounded like they were going to eat their underwear well, I did not know that, Cliff. That's an absolute fact. But um, now you've got me wanting a marathon bar because I remember <laughs> with those things. Remember those? You'd roll them up. I do not. Did you ever have one of those? I can't say that there was a marathon bar in the U.S. It was, a, if I remember right, it was like a long yeah. bar. It was kind of skinny, and it had chocolate on the outside, I think caramel inside, and you, you could roll it up. Yeah. And stick the whole thing in your mouth. Not that I would do that. Of course not. You know, but <laughs> I'll have to check on that. I, going by memory I, there, Cliff. I'll okay. see if I can find something. I looked it up, Cliff, the marathon bar. Yeah. I remember having yeah. those as a kid. Sadly, okay. they were discontinued many, many years ago in the early 80s. Okay. But a company, Cadbury, has come out with one called the Curly Whirly, which is exactly like it. These things are like an inch wide eight okay. inches long and they're braided caramel covered with chocolate <laughs> and you would okay. roll those things up and stick that whole eight incher in your mouth you put all eight inches in your mouth at one time and i'm telling you chocolate would literally drool out the corners of your mouth you look like a vampire who's eaten chocolate blood or something like that when you was a kid <laughs> speaking of things that are kind of hard to picture cliff yeah. I read this morning in New York, beauty shops yeah. there are not allowed yeah. because of the coronavirus 
to give facials to anyone. Oh, really? No. So <laughs> I did not, I did not well, know that. It gets better or worse, depending on your okay. view. Okay. They're now switching, beauty shops are, to giving you butt facials. Oh, no. Now, it's almost like they're calling your face a butt. Is that not what it sounds like to you, Cliff? No, that's exactly what it sounds like to and me. And <laughs> how do you know if you need one of these things? How do you see that, Cliff, to know that, hey, it's time that's for my facial? On my butt. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, that's something you don't want to ask somebody in your house, do you? You mean like dropping your... Do I, does, it, does it look like I need a butt facial? You wouldn't ask your wife that, would you, Cliff? Like when no, she comes home from work? No, certainly would not. <laughs> now, now they, I suggest that she have that. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Hallmark has a card for that. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, hon, it's about time for your butt facial. Isn't a very good topic, Cliff, but it's been on my uh, mind this morning a little bit. Okay. And it's about uh, well, if you were going to be a, a thief. Okay. If that's what you are deciding you want to do with your life. So, like, you're, um, you sit down and you're like, now I need to, to choose my career. I pick thief. I pick thief <laughs> to be my career, yes. Okay. And that's the unpleasantness of it. And you've got to be, as a thief, Cliff, I would think, not being a thief, but I'm just going by what I think, you have to be able to determine what you can steal that's in your wheelhouse. You see, that makes sense. You yeah. don't want to go to a place that's got sharp objects in it. Say, uh, oh, no. a carpenter shop. You yeah. don't want to sneak in there at nighttime yeah. and steal some stuff, and in the midst of stealing, slice a finger off. And then, of course, Ooh. the panic runs in. You know, you forget about the finger. You got to get stop the blood, yeah. and you don't want to get caught. So you run to the hospital without a finger, and then the yeah. shop owner the next day sees a finger laying there that, you know, doesn't belong <laughs> from one of his employees and yeah. calls the police and they call the hospitals. And then basically, Cliff, yeah, they find out that, you know, there was a guy here last night that didn't have a finger. Right. You've told on yourself, wouldn't you think? That's right. Yeah, you you basically fingered yourself for the crime. <laughs> well, yes, you did. <laughs> two out of three, you tell me which one of these came first. If you do it two out of three times, you're our big prize winner, okay? Number one, aspirins or cough drops? Aspirin. No, that's incorrect. Oh, uh, pressure's on now. Cough drops in ancient Egypt, they had those. So we're going to go. you got to get the next two right. Here we go. Frisbee or Rubik's Cube? Which came first? Frisbee. That is correct. All Ooh, right. We're, okay. we're down to the money. Right. Here we go. Rubber question. The Statue of Liberty or the Empire State Building? Which came first? Statue of Liberty. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That was was a dramatic pause there. There was a dramatic pause there. Congratulations. You've won the entire prize package. You have a great time going to all of those events and eateries, okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And it's time now for Take It to the Bank. Okay. Today we're talking about the Great Fire of London that swept through the central part of that English city for five days in a row in 1666. Wow. That's right. Yeah. You see, Cliff, it gutted 
the entire city of London. And what happened was, back in the 1600s, they didn't try to put fires out with water. I know. No, they they didn't. didn't. No, they didn't. (laughs) Well, it seems obvious to me. Well, it seems obvious to me, too. But they uh, fought fires back then in cities by just getting ahead of the fire and destroying all the buildings in its way. Whether that was your personal property or not didn't really matter. (laughs) And they made like a fire break. So the fire couldn't burn anymore. There was nothing to burn. But the winds were so high for these five days, they couldn't get ahead of it. And so (laughs) this is what it destroyed. Yeah, okay. 13,200 houses. Okay. 87 churches, including St. Paul's Cathedral. Mm -hmm. And... It is estimated about 70,000 of the 80,000 houses that were inside the city. Wow. That's a bunch. Now, that's a bunch. Mm -hmm. The weird part here, though, Cliff, is out of all those numbers I threw at you, six people died in that fire (laughs) in 1666. That's it? That's it. Wow. Yes. And seven people have died falling off the monument built to commemorate it. <laughs> okay. There's a little irony for you, huh? Certainly. <laughs> yes. And all of that you can take straight to the hmm. bank here on the Morning Road Show. Why am I picturing our good friend Phil McCracken from Ireland, Indiana, <laughs> dancing around to that song and he's kilt this morning, Cliff? And his kilt? Yes. Oh, you did. You had to give me that visual? <laughs> well, I had to. Well, Cliff, was there anything said today? Phrases of a day start with number three. You've basically fingered yourself. Number two, eat their underwear, which is closest we're going to get to number two today. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> knickers. <laughs> and the number one morning roadshow phrase for today, it's a question that I don't know. You probably got some idea on how to proceed from here, but we'll have to see how it works. How do you soften up your pants? I was told in a private message, Cliff, something yeah. called drift. It's for oh, babies. Drift. I've never heard of that before. It it's uh, it's laundry detergent for like baby stuff. Yep. This lady said, "You soak your pants in that, and they'll get." That's what <laughs> she soak said. Your, soak your soak pants, your in, pants drift. in that. You soak your pants in that, young man. <laughs> <laughs> you do it right now. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the contact us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.